This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Oh, we got lots to do and a little bit of time to do it. Dial up now at 1-800-919-3776. Gordon and I are ready to go. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Jake the Snake and Brian the Brain. We're here until just midnight, 59 minutes. And then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon? Gordon? Yes, Oh, Gordon? Larry. Yes, I'm Gordon, here. Have you, no fear. You are probably in a thousand percent better mood than when I texted you yesterday. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. A little bit? Yeah, well, look, I got the Yankees. and I also have the Dolphins to even everything out. But, yes, the Yankees, they're uh, moving on. It, it's never easy with the Yankees, but we'll take it. And now we go up to Boston. And, you know, there's some days that you, you can't wait for them to end. Today is one of those days. I can't wait for it to end. I just want to mm. get – I want to, like, fast forward until tomorrow. Yeah, I hear you. By the way, let's make the announcement now, Gordon, that yeah. following the Yankee-Red Sox game you can hear right here on 98.7 ESPN, we'll be waiting for you to talk about the results yes. right after the game. Until 1 a.m., Gordon, we're, go- we're going <laughs> past our bedtime. Yes, but that's assuming that the game is over by 1 a.m. I mean, It is Yankees-Red you know, Sox. Yeah, it is Yankees-Red Sox, so we hope so, so and hopefully it's the right result. But, uh, yeah, we need it right now. Oh, yes, we do. And by the way, Gordon, and just put your Miami – Stuff aside yes, for please. the moment, for the moment, for the moment. What a heck of a day for New York teams yesterday. Yeah, we needed it, right? I mean, for, for a change to get not only wins, overtime wins, comeback wins. Bottom of the ninth wins. Bottom of the ninth <laughs> wins, walk-off wins, victory Monday. So, yeah, it was absolutely, uh, you know, Jet fans not only got a win, but the quarterback looked really good. You really got to see the real flashes you know, he's had some moments here and there, but they've been few and far between. Yesterday, you really you got to have in your mind's eye what the future looks like with Zach Wilson and, and, and something concrete, you know, not preseason, not garbage time, you know, an actual NFL game where he made some big-time throws. And then you have the Giants, who I think everybody kind of left for dead, down 11, fourth quarter, coming back and getting a win on the road. So... I don't know that it necessarily saves either season, but at least it makes it fun for a day. Well, if you had said to me at promo code Gordon, Larry, both Jets and Giants would score more than Tampa Bay right. <laughs> on Monday night, I would have said, yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, uh, that was a that was kind of an ugly game. It you know, I know awful. all the hype, but yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of you know the the weather wasn't great. It was kind of no. defensive, but uh, you know, look, uh, the, the Giants and the Jets have been they've been as bad as you can be, right? Yep. And and the, I don't know, maybe it's me, but I'm not a Giant fan, obviously. Mm-hmm. But for that win. Like in the moment, it was thrilling because of the way it happened and some of the plays and some things you can build on. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. The further I got away from it today, all I've been spending my time thinking about is if I were a giant fan, if I could have gotten either of the other two wins, right? Like either mm-hmm. the Falcon win and or the Washington win, if not both of them, 
you'd be really kind of sitting pretty right now. And, and, and you're talking about a single play in either game. So it's a great win. You need it. You're not 0-4. That's good. The quarterback played great. That's good. Barkley looked like Barkley. That's good. The defense made some plays when they had to. That's good. But I don't know. The further I get away, you know, like 24 hours away from that game, it's great that you got to win. But it kind of makes you wonder, like, what would have been if you could have just been able to make a single play either against the Falcons or Washington? And because I still kind of feel like your season is kind of sunk even with the extra, you know, the extra game this year and the extra playoff spot at one and three, it's still kind of hard to believe that the Giants are going anywhere just yet. Because you know what the rest of the schedule looks like. Right. Because this is, <laughs> That's I mean, you, you've gotten through the easy part, right? Now it's yes. the Bucks and it's the Chiefs and, uh, you know, it's uh, Cowboys. Yeah. It's just not going to be next? easy. Yeah. So, um, look, at least it makes it interesting for a while because if you get to 0-4, I don't care if you, how much hot takes you want to have, how many conversations, you know, we can't have conversations every single week about teams that don't have wins. I mean, there's not, right. there's not that many teams left in the NFL, and as much as we love the NFL and love to ta- spend time talking about it, you know, you lose week in and week out. It's kind of hard to have any optimism moving forward. Now, we'll because that's our normal thing at the bottom of the hour, there was some Aaron Boone, so we're going to have a pre-playoff edition Oh, okay. Answers with Aaron, with Gordon Damon. We'll do that at the bottom of the hour. And but Gordon, I got to say this: in this Monday night game right now, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert is so good. Oh God, don't Gordon. Remind me, Larry. He is just. He is don't just. Don't me, Larry. He is so good. It's it's effortless with him. He see Gordon. He sees everything. He sees everything. The passes are on a rope. He looks people off. That's why when you have a Daniel Jones, a Trevor Lawrence, a Zach Wilson. Uh, you know, when you have young quarterbacks, Justin Fields, who, thank God, they had a, a, a better play-calling system for him uh, this week so he didn't get sacked 10 times. Uh, you com- you can't compare them to him because he is what you expect. You know what I'm saying? If you're a fan of any of those teams, okay, you're looking at him and you're like, that's what I want my rookie quarterback to be. It's his second year, Gordon. Yeah, he already looks like a star. I mean, there's no question about it. Now, he does have some good skill players. Eckler's a very good running back. He's got some good receivers. Got weapons, but you just, no question. You just take a look at him in the pocket, how he throws the ball. Uh, he's an absolute star, and it's fitting. You know, the Dolphins, who were sitting there at five, decide to take Tua rather than Herbert. So the first mm. year now, without Drew Brees haunting us for the decision to go with Dante Culpepper years ago, now there's a fresh guy as a Dolphin fan. You can sit and say, yeah, this guy's clearly a star. And uh, how you, you, you know, my organization did not recognize that and decided to go with a guy who was coming off a, a broken hip. It is uh, amazing. But, no, the Chargers, they are the real deal. I was big on the Chargers before this season, and nothing that I've seen so far has told me that uh, they're – I mean, because their defense – I mean, it's their good. defense has been very good in this game, yes. especially in the first half. Now, they've given up some points here in the second half, and now it's a game heading to the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But uh, now the Chargers – the Chargers are a real team, man. They have uh, they have really built that up very quickly. So, uh, for Brandon Staley in his first year now as head coach, uh, they look like they're on the move. Now, and I mean, don't no disrespect to our colleagues who are calling the game. Mm-hmm. Monday Night Football, you know, Levy, uh, Greasy – and, and, and the crew, I, no, mm-hmm. no, no disrespect, none. 
I'm missing the Mannings. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have. Yeah, a lot of people have been missing the broadcast. I like the Mannings when it's the Mannings. I don't don't feel like I necessarily need the guest as much. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like it when it's just them because I learn so much. When I watch sports... And I have somebody announcing a game. I want to learn something, yeah, you know. Yeah. And they're great at breaking stuff down and, and and stuff, you know, that they see. And and you see Peyton getting mad at like little things going wrong on mm-hmm. the, you know, a little penalty here throwing or there. Throwing his hands up. Yeah, throwing <laughs> his hands up. So I like that, and not just the, you know, the camaraderie obviously that the brothers have, but uh, yeah, I, I like them when they're just kind of talking football because I learned so much just watching them. Even stuff that I don't think that they go into it saying, well, we're going to teach people about this or that, mm-hmm. just but just up. the offhanded conversation. You pick up so much. Yeah, you do. And, and that's what I'm missing from this game. We won't be back to the 25th. So I don't know if I'm watching Monday Night Football. No, I will. I <laughs> get back. I, I will do that. I definitely will. Gordon, before we uh, take some phone calls at 1-800-919-3776, and of course we'll hear some folks here from the Giants and the Jets respectively. The Mets put Luis Rojas out of his misery early. Well, you know what? At least it was not a Willie Randolph situation, right? Yeah. At least they didn't make the guy twist in the wind. They got to it right away. It was obvious to everybody. Um, hopefully he gets a, a shot someplace else because I, I don't know how much he really could have done. He obviously wasn't the first choice for the job. The first year in the pandemic, a 60-game season, what can you really know about a manager? He had – a lot of puzzling moves this year, but really from the moment that DeGrom went down, uh, it was over. So I don't think it's necessarily the wrong move. It's the move that I would have made, but at least they made it quickly and he can go find uh, someplace else. And, and, you know, he's still a young guy, right? I mean, yeah, he came up yeah. the, through the organization. Hopefully he gets another chance someplace that uh, is a little better situation. Now, he was offered the opportunity to stay in a different capacity with the Mets. Yeah, that's tough. It is. I would have to say no, thank you. Yeah, I think I'd have to do it as well. You know, you gotta, you know, you gotta kind of believe in yourself, and 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 how could you live with yourself if you if you did that, right? And especially if he wants to be a manager again, which I'm sure he does. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, uh, Luis Rojas, the first and and the rest of the coaches are on notice. (laughs) They they're uh, they'll find out their decision in the next couple of days, and then it begins, right? Who's going to be the next manager? Who's going to be the next general manager? Who's going to be the next president of baseball operations? And Please tell me they're going to get the baseball, the president of baseball operations first, and then he'll hire the GM, and then they'll hire the manager. Please tell me they're going to do it that way. I hope so. I you know, it's so. one thing like when you have something like the manager, you fire the manager or you fire the GM, and then there's other people that are already in place, and then they bring on other people – but if you're if you're going for all three, shouldn't you kind of follow a path of hey, let's get the biggest one first, and then yes. let that you know let it f- flow downhill. Yeah, I, and and that's the way it should be done, and and hopefully they'll do they'll do that. Uh, hopefully they'll do some tinkering with this roster too, because there's a lot to this. Gordon, there's a lot to do with this team. There's oh, a lot. There's a, a ton, lot to do. A ton. And, and, and the only reason why you can't focus on the on-field is because there's so much stuff off the field. Yes. But no, absolutely, there's a ton of stuff, a so ton of decisions stuff. with not even, uh, I mean, obviously the, the free agents that they have, but also guys who are coming off bad years this year. Do you trust them to, to kind of bounce back next year? So no. Always lots of moving parts in a baseball offseason. I think the Mets are going to be... Whatever the whatever the median is for baseball moves, I think the Mets are going to be way above what, what whatever is average. And I hope Steve Cohen has the checkbook ready. 
better. Because I think he's going to have to make a lot. He's going to have to spend a lot of money. A lot of money. Well, didn't he spend like $14 million on like a statue or something like that? Oh, God. So, I mean, if of he's himself? got it to spend, <laughs> right? Like of shoot it. the locks off that wallet. and Please. Take, you know, like almost take the checkbook out of a holster. You got one on one side, one on the other. That's it. Swing them around. Let's go. Get Let's to go. work. But smart moves. Oh, yeah. Smart moves, please. Not just trying to buy stuff. Smart moves. Smart moves. Because, I mean, with all due respect, and it's a different sport, I mean, really, not that Mac Jones played badly last night, Gordon. As a matter of fact, he played very well. But when you're one in three, and you spent the most money free agent-wise in the sport. So money doesn't always guarantee when you just when you don't spend it right and smartly, it doesn't always guarantee that you're going to get the results that you're looking, looking well, for. If if it did in baseball, the Anaheim Angels would be going to oh. the playoffs a far a lot more often than they do, right? I mean, they spend yeah. a ton of money, they've uh, and they have some some unbelievable singular talents, but uh, it's not uh, translated into a, a winning product. So, yeah, no, George Steinbrenner for all the credit he got for signing free agents, there were plenty of years where George was spending good money after bad, mm-hmm. uh, and it did not work out. So now you have to you have to kind of know the lay of the land, not just go out there and and go with the highest. The highest guy. Let's hear from you. Let's face it. I mean, the Giants, I mean, 400 yards passing. Like, when's the last time that's happened? I, I couldn't tell you, but I mean, it was a heck of a heck of a win for the uh, for the Giants. And, and now moving forward, like, look, this is the second best team in the NFC East. And I know that's not saying much because Washington stinks and so does the Eagles. But I mean, the Giants clearly are the second best team, you know, in that division. The former Jet head coach, Rex Ryan. Larry. On with uh, DPH and Rothenberg this morning. Yes, sir. How exactly is Washington the second, uh, the, uh, the Giants, the second best team in the division when Washington is two and two and they beat the Giants? Uh, Rex is looking at how they. Uh, I guess Rex is looking at how they should be, and based on how they okay. played yesterday. He said, but he said they, their Giants are clearly the second best team in yeah. that division. I don't. I, I mean. I think it's the Cowboys and it's everybody else on any I given agree. day. I don't yeah. think it's clear, though. Yeah. And, and the one thing about the Giants yesterday, and I'm going to give their defense some credit, and I've been very critical of them. You know, they made some plays that forced uh, New Orleans to make some mistakes because New Orleans lived in Giant territory that game. They were there all the oh, time, absolutely. Gordon. They lived there, but their defense made plays, got off the field, and otherwise the Giants would have lost that game. Yeah, and that t- that one touchdown, that big long touchdown, got wiped out by the penalty. Otherwise, yep. that might have been an issue. But you know, you know what jumped out to me most about the individual game was just how that one, the first touchdown by Barkley. Mm-hmm. How I mean, how many times have we sat here and and spoke about it? like get Barkley the ball in space, yeah. get him the ball in the passing game, and he was even better on that play. I, I mean, he was like lightning on that. It was like a caged animal finally mm-hmm. getting to go and 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 show off his his abilities and he just took off like a rocket that's what they got they got to get him involved like that i i'm i'm so tired of watching him get a handoff and run directly into the lineman's rear end yeah you know come up with something a little bit more creative and sometimes desperation brings about the creativity well the Giants were desperate yesterday, and finally they did some stuff that was a little creative. So it's a good win for them, and hopefully now this is a sign of uh, of Saquon Barkley putting his imprint on, on this Giants season. 
Well, let's hear from Rex again. Maybe you'll agree with his thought process about Zach Wilson yesterday. This kid's got moxie, and that's what I saw in college. I'm like, whew, he's got movement skills. He's got all that type of stuff. He can stay balanced, throw the football down the field. You know, he's got great vision. You know, I just think the kid has it. And then the fact that, yeah, I don't care what you say. You know, it's he doesn't have rabbit ears, you, you know, or whatever. He's just, you know, go about his business and get better. The one thing you finally saw from them yesterday, Gordon, was, and I'll get to the calls in a second, was they put some drives together. There was some creativity, right? There, there, there was some things that you saw, some movement, some adjustments in the line. There, you just saw them play better. Now, once again, the offensive line still needs work. They, they got confused. Whoever's calling the signals, you know, defenders are still coming through untouched. So they got to work. They got to get that squared away. But when they did a decent job of blocking, he, he played very well yesterday, Gordon. He just did. Yeah, and, and at least yesterday they had some like some individual series where he wasn't just getting deluged right off the bat, right? Like he was allowed to kind of breathe a little bit. You know, Titans secondary and the Titans defense is not very good, but they got some pressure on him. He was he was able to move around and it wasn't um it wasn't just a constant stream of snap the ball, guy in the backfield, no ability to do absolutely anything. So Good for him. He, it, I think at this point for Zach Wilson, it's just like you know he can do it on an individual play basis, but can he do it consistently over a game next? You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. things to, to grow on there. But, no, I mean the individual ability, clearly his arm is incredible and he can put throws in places that a lot of guys can't. But, you know, it's about now trying to see if he can do that on a consistent basis and not have the bad first halves. To, to kind of offset the the bad the, the great second halves. Absolutely. Let's start out with Dennis in South Jersey. Hey, Dennis, you're up first on ESPN New York tonight. How are you doing tonight? Good, Dennis. What's up? How's Good. No, listen, I, I I called you the last three weeks when, when things were bad on the jet ship. You know, now I got to call and say, look, you know, you guys told me to hang in there. I was at the game yesterday, and there was a point when I was at the game saying I, I had such low expectations about this game. I just wanted Zach Wilson to have a scoring drive. That's all I was looking for because they looked so bad in those other games. That's how the baby steps I was looking at. But as that game went on, you're 100% right. It showed you what they've seen in him during the draft process. But I also want to say this, and I've been, I killed Joe Douglas, but some of his players now are starting to show you something. Uh, the, the corner hall that he got late in the draft last year. The guy's a starter. I mean, the guy's been playing solid all the first four games. Some of these other young kids, even that they drafted this year, the guy Franklin that they picked up last year as a free agent from playing awesome. A lot of these players are starting to kind of step up and show you something. You know, I'm still not – I'm still down on the 20 class, you know, the 2020 draft class because, again, I know Mims was active, um, activated yesterday and played, but – what, I don't even know if he had any targets go his way. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I know the other receivers did a good job. Now, I'm going to be curious to see when Elijah Moore comes back this week, which they said he's on. Now put him out there with Crowder and a couple of these other guys. Somebody's got to get open. Don't you think so? I do, Dennis. I do. And thanks for the phone call. And I think, to be honest, Gordon, that was one of the major things that was such a difference for Wilson yesterday was Crowder was back. 
a veteran receiver, professional guy, knows how to catch the ball, knows where to find the spots in the zone, soft spots in the zone, has great hands. And now you're not just targeting. You're not just, you know, doubling a receiver. You now have to pick your spots where you have to. There was a legitimate second receiver, and that made the world of difference. Yeah, and the, and the guy Keelan Cole, who yes. uh, mm-hmm. you know a lot of teams were interested in the offseason, had that big catch, that beautiful catch down the sideline yep. at one spot. So, um, yeah, I mean, you have to have more than one weapon, right? I mean, yeah. and getting Crowder out there, he had a bunch of – uh, a bunch of targets, so um, we'll see if uh, you know he can stay healthy. Cole is another guy. Uh, Mim, I mean, at, at some point, the Jet fan has to admit that maybe it's maybe it's on Mims, right? Like yeah. they put him in the game. He, I think he played like ten snaps or so. Didn't get targeted. Like at some, I, I don't know what the problem is about. You know, they say that you know he's got to know all the different routes and all the different things, but the idea that the Jets are holding this guy back because he's just so good is not the answer. <laughs> I mean, no. if he gets out there and he still doesn't have a catch, at some point it's on him. Yeah, you're right. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. What's going on, guys? How you doing tonight? Buddha. All right, I'm going to just shoot through quick because I know you've got limited time. Uh, Mr. Garrett Cole, get the job done, please. All right? They're paying you a lot of money. This is what you came there for. Do the damn thing. Um, you spoke about Rex Ryan when you were talking about um, the Washington football team, Gordon. You couldn't be more right. And, and I'll add a little something to it. I've got to be honest with you. Rex Ryan, you know, as a commentator, he's been a blowhard. I mean, he's just talking all kind of stuff all of the time. You know, the Jets' defense is so horrible that he's not there. You know, Sal is doing a horrible job. I mean, please, Rex, cut it out. You know what I mean? Um, and also, that, 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 that young man from um, Washington football team, Tyler Heineke, I mean, it's kind of hard not to root for him when you hear his story. Um, that interview, I switched off the game, saw the interview with him with the female reporter, man. That was very touching, man. You're talking about sleeping on his sister's couch and giving up his football yeah. dream. So it's kind of hard to, you know, not root for a kid like that. Jets' physicality versus the Falcons is going to be very interesting. Let's see how that plays out. You know, uh, Matt Ryan, like you said, Uncle Larry's a stationary target. So if we were able to get to Tannehill, I think we should be able to get to him. And then uh, last thing, um, oh, well, matter of fact, sorry, Uncle Lad, I, I don't want to meet you, but, um, you know, they didn't give Rojas a chance to clean out his locker, it seems. <laughs> no, he cleaned I'm that locker. Man. You know what? Here's, here's what happened, Buddha. Like, every day when you know it's coming, you take a little stuff home every day? Yeah. That's what he's been doing for the past week. <laughs> you got to be happy with your owner, though, to a certain extent. Forget the tweets yeah. and forget all the other stuff that, that's going on. They hired a couple of people that did some stupid things. But one thing you got is you got an owner that you know is not going to sit here and play around with these guys. Like, yep. he wants to win, and he's going to spend money. So that's a good thing, man. And this last thing, man, which is ESPN, I mean, I know it's not popular. I, I know I'm one of the only people who call in and talk about it, but I got to keep it a stack, man. You know, like ESPN, like, you got three big fights coming up. You got Wilder Fury 3 to see who's going to be the, the, the top of the food chain at the heavyweight title now that you're going to answer with Joshua, that fraud. Lost that last fight. <laughs> you got um, Canelo versus Plant, and you got Crawford versus Porter. Can I get an interview with a trainer? Can we have a segment or something? I mean, if you watch ESPN, and I'm not talking about you guys, but if you listen to shows, you wouldn't even know that these fights were coming up. It's the sport of kings, baby. You understand what I'm saying? And you know, I'm looking at that report on ESPN about how the the, the 2016 Olympics were tarnished because, you know, listen, listen, boxing can't get out of its own way, man. Like, good God. They're talking more about stuff that has nothing to do with in the ring than it has to do out of the ring. Lamar, Oldham, all of these guys, oh, 
you know, it's so frustrating. Have a good night, my people. All right, right my friend. Yeah, you know, what, what's funny is, uh, Gordon, they were scheduled to have uh, Inside Fury Wilder 3 on ESPN2, but they simulcasted the football game, and the football game, in case you didn't know, got started late because of light, lightning strikes. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, in this L.A.? Is, yeah, well, well, yeah, well, it's weird that it rains in L.A., but I thought that that was a dome stadium. Apparently, yeah. it's a canopy, and why they do that is the NFL, if you want to host a Super Bowl, even if you're in L.A., I think they want to have some sort of coverage for, pe- for the ticket holders so that mm-hmm. they don't get wet, because that was a big thing in Miami. Miami wanted to host more Super Bowls, and they told them they had to you know, improve the roof situation, so they went with the canopy, so it's kind of a similar thing. You would think, though, for $5 billion, <laughs> that building cost $5 billion, Larry, mm-hmm. that they would like, be able to like, have some sort of technology that prevents lightning altogether. Yeah, right. Five billion. At least dollars. over the stadium, it could be lightning anywhere else, but not over the stadium. No, yeah, it has to move someplace else. That's tremendous. Oh, Gordon, you can count it down, my friend. It happens Comfort tomorrow. Knowing that that music now is no longer associated with the Mets for the rest of the year. Oh, thank God! Yeah, thank God. I'm right. so, I, I, I can't tell you. Just to not just <laughs> it's to a relief, them. right? Yeah, and actually, I mean, I've been on hiatus as a Mets fan for the past what week, week and a half, at least. <laughs> you got an early <laughs> jump, right? I, I, I've been out of it. I didn't know when games were going on. It was, it was, you know, stuff. Apropos, I got you. <laughs> apropos, it's ESPN New York tonight here on ninety-eight seven ESPN. Let's preview Yankees-Red Sox. It's a game you can hear right here on 98.7 ESPN. It follows Carlin. Carlin will be on from 7 to 8, of course. Then you've got, uh, you know, the baseball game, and Gordon and I will be here sitting down in the front row waiting to talk to you about Yankees-Red Sox and who moves on to face the Tampa Bay Rays. And I don't know if either team's going to beat the Rays the way the Rays are playing, Gordon, but, you know, you want to have that opportunity because anything can happen. All right, so Aaron Boone spoke to the media earlier today, and one of the first questions was, um, who's catching, Higgy or Sanchez? Yes. And so what does that mean for Gary? Is he your DH? Um, no, not necessarily. Again, we'll sit down and do that, but no, it means he's potentially a bat off the bench. But, you know, we'll talk through it and potentially DH, but no, probably, probably a bat off the bench. Hmm. Well, we knew Higgy was going to play. There's no question about that with Cole, but Gordon, did, did you think that possibly maybe a Sanchez as the DH still, maybe? Um. Yeah, well, I mean, you're, you know, I, I guess it kind of depends on the uh, availability of, of Geo tomorrow and, and where they feel comfortable. Do they feel comfortable putting him at shortstop? Uh, if he plays, will he be at third? It is a little surprising that Sanchez won't be in the lineup, but you knew that you for sure that Higashioka was definitely going to catch Cole, so I guess maybe it's not that surprising. Yeah, I agree with you. I just was interested as he might be the D8s, but we'll talk about that in a couple of seconds. Aaron Boone, were you worried about uh, Jiro Sala after seeing him make that play in the dugout yesterday? I was expecting to go over and to a car accident and the jaws of life being out or something, you know, seriously. I, I mean, I was really, really nervous. And, uh, 
you know, fortunately, obviously, is able to walk off and stay in for a while. All right, so let's follow that up real quick with Aaron. What's your confidence he'll play tomorrow? Yeah, I think he's going to be good. Um, <clears throat> saw Gio. He was actually getting some treatment about an hour and a half ago or two hours ago back at the hotel and saw him at brunch this morning. And, uh, you know, he was a little stiff, but actually felt pretty good. And, you know, I think if there was a game today, he'd be playing. So I think he's going to be fine. Um, again, I, I think we got incredibly fortunate in that situation because, as as you know from what I – it scared – it's really scared me watching him launch in there from my angle. Um, so, he, you know, he might be a little stiff or whatever, but I, I, I don't think it will have much impact. Uh, Gordon, I was fortunate enough to have Michael Kay join me last night, uh, and I asked him if that play was Jeter-esque. And he said to me, this was, he said people may disagree with him, but this was a far tougher play than Derek Jeter. I completely Jeter. agree with him. Absolutely. And, and you know, when Jeter went in, um, I wasn't really concerned about, like, bodily injury. When Urshela went in, I was worried he broke his leg. I mean, the way he – I mean, he went in fast. He did. And and you, and it wasn't exactly his dugout, so you no. knew he wasn't going to oh, get any yeah. help. By the way, I mean, does anybody say, hey, you know, like, I understand it's a, it's a, it's a you know, down the stretch of the season. Could somebody kind of look out for the guy a little – like, cushion the blow a little bit? I'm not saying you have to, like, lay your body on the line, but it was like – I mean, they didn't do anything to, to, no. to prevent any injury there. I don't know. I just nothing. thought that was a little surprising. It was. It was. Uh, Gordon, before we get to your Aaron Boone spot here, mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Do you think – how do you think he's going to go? Do you think he's going to go defense, whereas if if he's got a – does he put Vasquez, you know, now that he's up? Do you put him at short? Do you put – I think you um, do. Yeah, Velasquez, I'm sorry. Yeah, do you Velasquez, put him, yeah. You know what? Do, do you put Urshela at third? I think you probably put Urshela at third so that he's a little bit more comfortable in his regular spot and doesn't have to – he's not really – he's not, you know, he's not a shortstop, so – and he doesn't have to move as much. So I think maybe you put him at third, Velasquez at short, and, and the reason why him over Tyler Wade is that Wade has become like such this weapon oh, as man. a pinch runner. Yeah. And if you got a close game, man, he's he's – I don't want to say this, but it's almost like he's an automatic base sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know that that will come back to haunt me tomorrow as he gets thrown out in the bottom of the ninth, or, or the, excuse me, at the top of the ninth. Um, but he has been so great stealing bases, and he's been such a weapon with the speed on the bases that I think you want to have that in your back pocket in case you need it late. I agree. All right, Gordon, here we go. This is where you m- meld your mind with yes. Aaron Boone. Now, this is going to be interesting. I want you to take a moment before you answer. He was asked, how do you feel about the wild card format? This is Boone on the wild card format as a whole. Right. I mean, he's going to tell you something like, you know, uh, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not almost the words of the old Yankee matter. It's not what you want, but, you know, you (laughs) live for these kind of moments. You live for the big plays in October, and and this is a chance to kind of, you know, put your name in the record books kind of thing. So uh, this is an opportunity that we have in front of us. We fought hard to get to this opportunity, so we look to take advantage tomorrow. All right. Aaron Boone, how do you feel about the wild card format? Well, if we win, I'll feel great about it. (laughs) Um, Look, I mean, 
it's probably not perfect this way, but um, you also, you know, live to be in these kind of competitive environments and with a ton on the line. And, you know, we feel like as a team, we've been playing for a while now with a lot on the line, certainly the last week and 10 days and two weeks, but even going back a couple of months. And now we are truly at the must-win portion of the schedule, you know. So, you know, I was asked all weekend about is this must-win? Is yeah, tomorrow's must-win, right? We got to win or we're we're done. So, um, I, I think as a competitor, and that's what you sign up for, and you hope to be in these scenarios where you're playing a meaningful game to move on to something more special. So. Uh, we'll embrace that, look forward to tomorrow, and, and I know we'll walk out there with a lot of confidence and expect to play well and, and give it our best shot. Boy, he really answered that. He went, I could have said a lot of different things, and I think it would have <laughs> fell all that, fallen under that he umbrella. He was as general as possible, huh? Yeah, yeah. But he did get – he kind of – he just paraphrased yeah. Girardi. It's not what you want, but we'll, right. we'll take it. <laughs> right. Well, it certainly beats the – like when it's your birthday and you turn another year older, it beats the alternative. So that's right. The alternative is sitting with the Blue Jays and uh, the Mariners right now. So Yeah, that's true. And, and, and if you think yeah. about it – sorry to interrupt. Uh, mm-hmm, no problem. It's kind of set up like perfectly for like a Yankee revenge tour, right? Like you get yeah. the Red Sox first. You get the Rays next. You might get the Astros after that. I yeah. mean, for all the teams that have beaten you over the years, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. And you got to win tomorrow. Got to win tomorrow. That's what sets it off. Aaron Judge, you're heading to Boston for the wild card game. That's going to be a, a fun game right there. You know, it's going to be action-packed. You know, they're going to bring their A game. We're going to bring our A game. It's just going to be another great, you know, go down as another great game and, you know, this – big rivalry we have and you know we're looking forward to it you know we really you know we'd love to play at home you know especially that wild card game but you know we were excited anywhere we went getting a chance to go to boston and play it it's going to be you know an exciting matchup for sure all right tomorrow starter for the yankees is gary cole i said it last night gordon you know it to be true i'll say it again here's what the yankees need from garrett cole give me six or seven innings of garrett cole pitching not the garrett cole we've seen over the past two or three starts but you give me a garrett cole that limits them to one two runs Gordon, and he goes six, seven innings, I think the Yankees have a fantastic opportunity to win that game. He can't give up runs. It's just as simple as that. I don't even care if he goes five innings. If he gives, if he goes five innings and gives up one run, and then you can turn it over to that bullpen, I, I would even sign for that right now. Uh, and, and, you know, Garrett Cole has, has presented himself like he understands what he signed up for. If he don't win tomorrow, man, he is going yeah. to have a long if he does if he pitches like he has at certain times this year and has let the Yankees down at certain times this year, like he did that last time out, uh, he is going to hear about it for a very long time. You're a thousand percent correct. Gary Cole, what's the anticipation of pitching tomorrow? Um I mean, I think it's just like can we can we get it going already, you know? It's like a uh, uh, bit of a waiting game, I think, which is good for the body good for the mind to a certain extent to recover but you're, you're chomping at the bit to get back out there and and um you know excited for the challenge that's ahead of us i think Gord, with him going not on short rest not on regular rest but actually five days i think that's very good for the yankees i really do i'll say this he has to pitch better than he did the last time he faced the red sox last time he faced the red sox i mean they had a big lead but he gave up three runs in six innings that that is not what i'm looking for from garrett cole tomorrow night uh, absolutely not. 
Jeff Passer was on uh, this morning with KJM. You probably heard him, Gordon. I did. And he says, the Yankees, hey, they could make a run. What the Yankees have that the Red Sox don't is a bullpen. And they've got guys, Michael King and Clay Holmes and Jonathan Loisaga and Aroldis Chapman just coming out of the bullpen, throwing 97 to 102 with devastating secondary pitches. And the fact that the Yankees can run out as many of those big arms as they do have makes them not just dangerous in a one-game series against the Red Sox. No, that's more an advantage in a five-game series and especially in a seven-game series. The question, the big question, Gordon, is not just Garrett Cole, right? But the big question is, which Yankees offense shows up tomorrow? Yep, that's the bigger <laughs> one to me because if Valdi was so bad last time out, I find it very hard he's going to be bad. You know, as good as he is against the Yankees, I find it hard to believe he's going to be bad twice against the Yankees in a row. It happens tomorrow night, 8.08 first pitch. You can hear it right here on 98.7 ESPN. When we return, we'll talk some more football next on 98.7 ESPN. Look, we're just sticking to the process. You know, I've been talking about this for the last, you know, I guess, what, three, four weeks, whatever it's been now, even going back to training camp. And, you know, I know everyone wants to come in here right now and have a big emotional whatever. The reality is, you know, we're going to go back. We're going to watch this tape. We're going to identify things we have to correct. It wasn't perfect today. We look at things we're doing well. We'll continue to build forward. You know, we can't ride this roller coaster, you know, every week. You know, for us, we've got to be able to look at the tape from the last few weeks and understand who we are as a team and to get the results, we have to play a certain way. There's some things that came up in the game today we were able to overcome. Uh, but we got to make sure we look at the tape and be very honest with ourselves in terms of what the Cowboys are looking at right now in, t- in terms of tape, what they're looking for for a mismatch. So in terms of us as a team, you know, I've told you guys for a long time, I, I gauge the guys based on how they come to work every week, how they respond in the meetings, how attentive they are. That's what I see from our guys. I see a lot of mental toughness right there. I see a lot of guys sticking together as a team. And obviously we come to work to work each week and we're working to give ourselves a chance to have success. Look, we're just sticking to All right, that's Joe Judds. On yesterday's win in New Orleans, Hardesty and Damer until midnight here on 98.7 ESPN. We hear from Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and Kadarius Tony in a minute. But Gordon, that's 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 typical Joe Judge, right? That's that's not talking about the win. It's more about the process. It's always about the process with him. It's not about results. It's about the process. And yeah, I get it that you have to get ready for a Cowboys team that's been very very good and very very impressive. Dak Prescott. Gordon, it's weird. He probably looks better after the injury than he did before the injury. I think he's completing something. I don't know what his numbers are now updated after this past game, but I think he's completing like 80% of his passes. That's unbelievable. I mean, that, that the giant defense did the job this past week against the Saints. Uh, it's, it's obviously going to be a major step up in class. So if they want to, it's great that they got a win. And I'm sure that for Joe judge, they're hoping that this is the jumping off point after a couple of brutal losses and back to back weeks, you got to go out there and show me it's for real. And if you can, if you can go out there and beat the Cowboys in Dallas and the defense can step up and get back to how the defense played last year and how the defense played at times against the saints. Well, then maybe you might have something. I, I think I need, I think I need a little bit more evidence before I'm I'm jumping back on, though. Yeah, there's no question about that. And for the defense, uh, they could use some help from the Giants' offense. And if the offense can be as explosive as it was yesterday, which allows them to you know keep uh, their defense off the field and get some rest, and keep the Dallas defense on the field much more, that's also going to help them. You know, sometimes your best defense is a great offense. 
Yeah, and uh, they were down some players. I, I don't know what the availability of Sterling Shepard or Darius Slayton is going to be for this upcoming game, but um, uh, you like what you saw out of Tony, all right? Kadarius Tony certainly looked good. Kenny mm-hmm. Galladay, his biggest impact so far, and Saquon yep. Barkley. So uh, I know that a lot of people are, are focused on Daniel Jones, rightfully so, 400 yards passing. I believe his first ever win against a winning team. So that's that's great, um, but now you got to keep it going, right? I mean, you you put yourself in a hole with the way you started the season. So, you know, with the Rams coming up, with the Bucks coming up, with the Chiefs coming up, the Cowboys, you're going to have to win some of these if you want to be getting back into playoff contention or get back into any kind of uh, thought process about this not being a lost season. So, uh, I know it might not be fair to say this is a must win. When you're sitting at one and three, it's kind of a must. You, you, you have to get back to 500 at some point. And with some of the games coming up, the Rams one I'm thinking of specifically, the Chiefs one, uh, this is going to be – defensively, this might be as tough a challenge as any of them. No, there's no doubt about that because you have to respect the run. And they, they've got guys – C.D. Lamb is a heck of a receiver, Gordon. He, he, he's they just, just really got, good. they got so many – they got the, really uh, Cedric Wilson is a guy. Yeah. they got the tight ends who are just catching passes. I was wrong. Dak is not completing 80% of his passes. He's only completing 75%. Oh, look at you giving that false information. 75% <laughs> of his passes on the year. He's got 1,000 yards already passing, 10 touchdowns, and two interceptions. And he's not turning the ball over. He's making great decisions. Right? And you yeah, know no. what? The offensive line is pretty good again, Gordon. That offensive line is pretty good. Again, well, look, the way it's been. I guess maybe I'm getting a little carried away talking about playoff contention with the Giants. But here's the thing. like When you're playing in the NFC East, the Cowboys are clearly head and shoulders talent-wise, I think, above everybody else. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to have any faith because every time you start to believe in Dallas, they'll do something to kind of take that, that faith and hope and, and flush it down the toilet. So if yeah. you want to... Uh, if you want to catch up to them, this is this is the week to show that you know what it's not just a one week thing that we really we are a better team than we were when we were zero and three, and it's not just a win against New Orleans. So Daniel Jones weighed in, Gordon, on the importance of beating New Orleans yesterday. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Uh, we needed a win, and and you know there was a high sense of urgency to to do that. So looking at it this week, one week at a time, and, and focusing on what we were doing throughout the week, preparing, and then uh, you know obviously coming here on on Sunday and, and playing our best. So you know that was our focus this week to to prepare to do that, and you know we've got to continue to work, continue to sharpen things up, but uh, definitely a big win. Definitely was a big win, and part of the big win was the big plays from Saquon Barkley. Personally, it definitely uh, helps with your confidence um, to, to be able to make some plays out there, especially in the game. Uh, you know, got, got to be a little stronger on the one run, fumble the ball. Um, that's not something that I, I usually do. Uh, but it feels good. feels good to get the win. Um, definitely builds, builds my confidence up. And like I keep saying, every, every single week, um, I can feel my knee getting better and better uh, and um, getting used to it. So just got to keep trusting the process and, and keep going. It's not only that it feels better, Gordon, he's got more confidence in what he can do with it, that he can make some of those moves. And it's always funny. Sometimes it heals faster physically than it does in your head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll say this. If it's not 100% after that first touchdown run, man, he's going he's to be the flash. I mean, he was so fast down the field. Um, I really feel like that was one of the most impressive plays, given the environment and where you were at at that point that he's had as a giant. I mean, it was, it was an incredible play, and then he obviously caps it off with the touchdown in the overtime. So um, 
No, I mean, he, I, I still think even with Galladay, even with the other guys, he's clearly your number one mm-hmm. weapon, and he is not someone that you have really gotten involved in the first three weeks of the season. So if that is any indication of what they have cooked up here, and, and maybe it is the desperation of the moment, they have to get him involved, and they have to figure out ways to get him in space. If it's if it's running the ball, if it's if it's passes out of the backfield, whatever it is, because you see how explosive that one play right there um, is a huge play, and and a lot of times these games are going to come down to one play like that. It's it, it was really yesterday. You finally started to see where this offense could be. I mean, Evan Ingram caught some plays and didn't, and didn't fumble the ball. So it was just a really great day. And part of it was we saw the rookie yesterday, Gordon Kadarius Tony, get some plays, and he says, you know what? We love Daniel Jones. Love him. That was a great performance by Daniel. I I, I don't feel like nobody else, nobody in the locker room doubts him no matter what. Like, what if he having a bad game or a good game? You know what I'm saying? Nobody, there's never no doubt there because we know at the end of the day our faith is the strongest belief we'll have, you know. And when you play like that, and, and Gordon, the one thing you can say about this Giants team, the one consistent thing has been Daniel Jones. He's really played well this year. Now, am I ready to say he's definitely their franchise quarterback? No, no I'm not ready not. to say that. No. But I will say, listen, he, you could see some strides. You could see him improving. And to your point earlier, he's so much better when he can do that play action. Right when he when he when you got the running game going, you do the play action, you freeze the safeties, it opens up the secondary. You've got some guys with some great hands. He's just a different guy when he's doing the play action off the run game. And and two other things. A, I'm sorry, maybe it's because I've watched too much NFL. I, I don't know how that first touchdown that the Giants scored, the John Ross touchdown, was yes. ruled a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, now now now, if you ask me, you know, 15 years ago, obviously that's a touchdown. But the NFL has conditioned me that unless you control the ball the entire time, don't let it move, it's not a touchdown. So I don't know what, what set of rules they're going with, uh, but that one I was very surprised at. The other thing we're talking about giving people credit, Andrew Thomas mm-hmm. is a guy that we came into the season thinking, oh, my God, this guy's a bust. Oh, my God, this guy's a disaster. The preseason game that he played, he looked like a, a, a turnstile. He has not real now. I'm not breaking down game film of the offensive line, but you don't see and the and the other metrics, the pro football focus, you don't see him being the issue. So he's taken a major step forward, and that is a big piece to uh, solving a lot of the offensive issues. If that offensive line can ever play just kind of respectable, and he has been more than that so far. There's no question about it, and it starts with that O line, and that's also why the run game and the passing game is so good. All right, Gordon, try to get some rest. I know you're up early tomorrow. Try to take a nap in the afternoon, and we'll see you tomorrow night following the Yankees and Red Sox. Hopefully it'll be happy, Gordon. I hope so. I I can't take any more disappointment already this year, Larry. I mean, this is enough's enough. Need a win. Need a win. Brian Jake, thank you very much. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.